the only podcast with its own podcast currency. You're now listening to the exclamation mark. Exclamation Mark Podcast, the only podcast with its own podcast currency. You're now listening to the Exclamation Mark. Whoa, there's a giant Deus Ex Machina voice. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. No, um, just carry on. Nothing to see here. All right. Well, uh, my name is Crofton Steers. I am the handsome Jack of this show, if you will. With me, as always, is my claptrap, Bo Schwartz. Bo, welcome. Uh, hello, Bo, uh, Crofton. I don't know. What does Claptrap do? I'm Man. Minion, follow me. I, I can't do his voice. Hi. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while, has it not? It, well, I just don't think I can do Claptrap. Yeah. I just he's... don't think I got Claptrap in me. And I don't think yeah. I ever want Claptrap in me. The, yeah, it the sounds character like something dirty. Or the disease you get uh, when you have sex with mousetraps. Um, hi. Or or robots. Uh, yes. Hi. So it's been a couple of weeks, Bo. I think it's fair to get this out of the way early. We have decided, due to the limitations in our time and our ability to play only so many games, to uh, reduce EXM to a bi-weekly podcast instead of a weekly podcast. I think it had probably already we were already at that point, but we're just, you know, making it official so people aren't waiting uh, every single week with bated breath, if you will, for the next EXM drop. And bi week is it bi weekly or bi monthly? I don't know. I can never or is get those. Semi monthly. I think it's they the, all mean the same thing. Maybe. I, I'm pretty sure because when I would collect Spider Man comics, like sometimes. I remember that Amazing Spider-Man would go bi-weekly, meaning instead of one a month, there'd be one. They meant one every two weeks. But then I remember somebody writing a letter to the letter section being like, that's not what bi-weekly means. I don't, so, I don't know. So here's some bow logic for you, rather than consult something knowledgeable like a site on the internet. Somebody um, write and tell us. Uh, like a, a bisexual is someone who has sexual relationships or attraction or whatever with two genders right they like men and they like women so like bi-monthly means two oh, still doesn't work is it two times in a month or is it once every two months? I don't no know, two but... it's two times in a month it's gotta be no see it is bow logic it doesn't reach a, lo- a conclusion damn it <laughs> what about bi-weekly two times a week right Right? Or does it love two weeks? Here's the deal. Hmm. Am Listeners, I bi-weekly? If you know the answer to this question that we could so easily Google, we, we would ask you to write in and let us know. Yeah. And explain in plain English why this term is used and when is it used. The one thing I can tell you is that we are releasing a podcast every two weeks instead of every week. Uh, and so that is what we're what I am trying to say. Hopefully, I use the correct 
terminology. Well, it, Mo? Would, it wouldn't be a piece of news item if we didn't take five years to, to, <laughs> to get it out and talk about it. So um, that's great. We're yeah, every twice a week. What's ep- next? The episodes are pretty long, right? Like sure. we like talking about stuff. So I mean, I mean, you could listen to the first half one week, the second half the next week. You're and you're probably like Crompton. Why can't you break it up and release it? And I and I, and I would say to you, why don't you break up? I don't nice. know if that makes sense. I love your tood. Thank you. Some some great A smack talk right there. All right. So, well, uh, what else, what's good with you? What's news? What's happening? Oh, uh, thank you for that, that question on my status bow. I have a week off right now. I'm in between jobs. And normally when people say that, they mean they're unemployed. But sure. what I'm what I mean is I am literally in between two jobs. One starts next week, and one ended last week. So, so I am in between them. So it's like you're overemployed, maybe. Yes, sort of. Like, you know, I'm I'm on like paid vacation. Par- like you have I'm to not... parcel them out. Right. Yeah. But it's kind of nice because you know sometimes when you're on vacation from your work. You think like, oh, what's all the stuff that I, I have to do when I get back or whatever? Well, now I don't even know because I'll be starting a new job. It's, I pretty much resolved all the things in my old job. I'm going fresh into a new job. On the other hand, I'm all worried about the new job. I'm like, oh, man, I hope they like me there. Of course, they'll like me. I'm super awesome. Yeah. But, uh, you know, other legit worries like, oh, will I like it? You know, well, I don't know. That's pretty much my only other legit worry. Well, it's, uh, you know, we shouldn't be judging you. We shouldn't be judging each other on what your worries are. If that's your worry, then... Ah, everybody wants to be liked, but everybody can also... take a week off and not think about it do. and play video games, right? Like, that's the, been... that's the video gamer's plan. It's like, I could worry about this and plan for the future, or I could play video games. It occurred to me the other day that I was at home playing video games while you were at work, and... Uh, I laugh to myself. I'm like, oh, how the roles have reversed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I really sort of, really sort of sucks not being at home playing video games. Um, all right. Well, you know, that's. All I the- could ask you how you're doing, but instead, I'm not going to, and move right to the news section. You bastard! It's okay. I got nothing to tell. All right. Uh, Yeah, I didn't mean to be impolite. Uh, I just felt that your news may be best expressed through love of video games, and uh, there's tons of that to go around. Before we get to the games we were playing, we do the readme.txt, talk a little bit about uh, news stories, things that have caught our eye in the past now two weeks. Bo, do you want to start? What's something that's caught your eye well let's just say this i there are a lot of games out there that i want to play and as you said time and again i think early on in the exam we talked about grade a we only need grade a quality material because time is limited and there are a number of games that meet this criteria that i'm waiting to pull the trigger on xcom 2 getting great reviews everyone's saying it's super fantastic way better than the first one improved in every way i am super stoked to start playing this game I haven't bought it yet, but this is a guaranteed at some point purchase when I find the time. Um, because I know I'm going to want to sink my teeth deep into that one. Um, that's what she said. 
Yeah. I did my own. That's what she said. Nasty. <laughs> um, <laughs> Firewatch. I'm hearing great things. It's um, like a first person narrative. I don't think it's very long, but I'm hearing good things about Firewatch. Um, the Witness. So that uh, what's his name? Something. Blow. Jonathan Blow. Yeah, the Braid guy made another game, and it's a pretty hefty price for an indie guy. It's like forty some dollars, maybe fifty Canadian. Um, but it's a really long puzzle mist style game that is also getting a lot of you know positive feedback that looks interesting to me. And the other thing that I found honestly surprising, and I think we've talked about it on EXM, but I don't remember because it was just released on PC recently. Is Rise of the Tomb Raider? That's also right. sort of looking real good. Um, also, I here- feel I feel bad for games like that in a way. Well, not bad for them, but right. Essentially, when you come out on a platform and it came out on Xbox One, which has the smallest whatever install base, only came out a couple of months ago. But that's when the first impression is made, and it was made in the shadow of Fallout Four. So a lot of people, you know, it's gotten great reviews and this sort of stuff, but people aren't it's people aren't really talking about it. It's not part of the I guess the gaming conversation right now because the gaming press have access to all systems, so they played it last year. But even though PC gamers and stuff and it's gonna come out on PS4 at the end of this year, probably people won't talk about it then either, because they'll have other games to talk about. So I feel I feel badly I, I'm gonna play that one, I'm sure when it's on sale sometime. Uh, in the probably Christmas of this year, I'll be like, "Oh yeah, that came out this year." Right. So, but I think that's one I'm gonna. It'll probably be for sale, but I'm, I'm looking forward to my time with it. I kind of feel like I should play the first one a little bit, but we'll see. I just remember I just replayed it recently. Yeah, like yeah. I played it th- through. It was one one of my graphical showpieces for my new Beast PC, and, and so uh, in a way, I'm tempted to like just jump back in and continue. The story with the character, but I remember it was like at the end I was like I found it to be a kind of meh experience overall, and so I'm not even though I know the rise is supposed to be way way better. I, I'm just not chomping at the bit to get. It'll be more like a pleasant surprise when I play it, and it's as good as everybody says. I'm hearing there's actual tombs in this one as like a thing. You know, I didn't. Like, I didn't really care so much about the. Like, I never really played much of the original Tomb Raiders and didn't care yeah. so much about the tombs. My big issue was just like the storytelling. I mentioned this in a previous episode. The storytelling wanted sort of dark and gritty, and it came. It came across as kind of like, like they didn't hire very good writers or whatever. Like it, they didn't have the. It started all right, but then it kind of like. Compared to Naughty Dog games like Uncharted or I just played The Order, uh, which I mentioned last week, the story is just – the script is not as strong. That's all. So no. it feels kind of like – it would have been really wicked on a PS2 story. But on, on, on this generation, it feels kind of like we've moved on. Maybe I'll end up missing it too. My hopes are not high, but it is one that was on my radar. No, R- Rise, I'm sure. Yeah. I think Rise is better in every way, shape, or form. That's what people are saying. Yeah. I'm talking about that that original remake there. Yeah. The, the other games that I'm hearing good things about, but I'm not sure I want to dip my toe into, are Rainbow Six Siege and The Division. So I think The Division's like the MMO-ish kind of shootery game, and Siege was the one that they really went into detail in at... Um, I guess E3. Um, but I'm hearing good things about Siege in particular. Well, Siege came out in December. And, 
it, people were it, it it's one of those ones that comes out at full price but has you know, it's clearly being designed to sell more map packs and stuff. There weren't really people who were critical about the amount of maps at launch. Um, you know, it's kind of I I don't know. Like first person shooters, I'm already already. It's a bit of multiplayer first person shooters tough sell for me. And Siege is like you know military present day style. It's not not really like. If I'm gonna do a, a FPS, it probably is gonna be sci-fi or something like that. The division is sci-fi. It's kind of like near nearest future stuff, and it's I'm not sure if it's an FPS or a third part. It looks more like a third uh, person shooter, which is more kind of my jam. Um, and I've heard a lot of I know a lot of people, especially people that were really into Destiny, that are that are sort of attuned to the division because it. It's got like kind of like a little bit of an MMO esque feel to it. I think I'm I'm more open on the division Rainbow Six Siege. I think I could have even gotten a copy of Rainbow Six Siege with this PC, but I was like, meh. Yeah, I think you need a team of people to play that to be like maximally effective. You know, right? As to get the most enjoyment points as. You know, it's a yeah. term we've coined on the show before. That's true. The most enjoyment, you get more enjoyment points the more people you play with. Um, other big sort of, it, I didn't read the article, I just saw the headline, but no new Assassin's Creed this year. And we've talked about Assassin's Creed a lot on the show, and I was like, oh sweet, we're going to get a break from the deluge of Assassin's Creed. Maybe that means they're going to take it back and get the next generation of Assassin's Creed looking all great. Because you know another one's coming, but... Um, well, Syndicate got good reviews, and I'm, I'll be looking to play that eventually. But I'm like now, as a big Assassin's Creed fan, I mentioned before, I'm like a couple behind. But I think it's funny. So you get this system where you have multiple studios working on the same franchise, right? So one puts out a game, and then the next one's game is releasing next year. It's already like neck deep in development. So they can't pump the brakes. So what happened, I think, is Unity came out got hugely that was sort of like when assassin's creed uh saturation hit hit its top point people were excited because it was the first one on the new systems new graphics black flag was well received and all this sort of thing unity had all sorts of problems it also was meeting a poor sales due to apathy syndicate comes out this year supposedly well received but poorer sales than they're used to i think it took them like a full cycle like a few couple of years to be able to pump the brakes it's like stopping an 18 wheeler you know so after unity they were like oh shit we need to slow down and start releasing so many assassin's creed but we already have one that's almost done for next year so we'll continue with that one but we'll stop the ones the year after so uh, they're only missing one year to my understanding though which doesn't seem like I mean, if they stopped it, like how much development time does that really give for a whole relaunch of Assassin's Creed or, uh, you know, the one that comes not this year but next year? How different is it going to be than Syndicate? I I would imagine not that different. I Yeah, well, like it seems like they have a lot of resources in place to just keep that franchise going as is. But I think I think they need to reinvigorate it a little bit, but we'll see. I, I thought it was a positive sign. It was like, it it's is weird positive. to actually hear news. Oh, there won't be a version of the game out this year? That's great news for people that love it. Making people wait. You know, there's some companies that really make their customers wait and produce good stuff. So, I don't know. I think I like it. 
And there's three uh, Assassin's Creed Chronicles like mini games this year anyway, oh. the 2D, <laughs> 2D game. I think that if people are really invested in the lore of Assassin's Creed and all that sort of stuff and in the world and all that, then they're at least getting somewhat of an itch uh, scratch. So, I mean, it's not a complete uh, missed year for Assassin's Creed. Well, here's a, something that might happen for free. May happen. It was on a survey as a question. And there's a lot of speculation it's just going to happen. But Warcraft moviegoers, this summer, the World of Warcraft, well, it's just called Warcraft, but it's the World of Warcraft feature film is releasing in theaters. And it's entirely possible that you'll get a free copy of the game by going to see it in the theaters. And um, no details on what that looks like, but uh, I think this might be a first where a film, based on anything, to be like a book or a comic book or whatever is going to potentially you get a free copy. It's like going to see Harry Potter and getting a copy of the book for free that you saw. Um, this is this potentially might be what they're doing, which is sort of an interesting way to get people who might not want to shell out for Warcraft but are interested in playing it, a copy in their hands. Interesting marketing. Like I don't think Does it still cost it. money to play World of Warcraft like for the if you're a new player, like you still have to buy the game or you have um, to So the way it always works is that the last expansion is a standalone, you know, 40, 50 buck shot thing. And then you usually have to buy the the Warcraft battle chest, which I think is like 10 or 20 bucks. Like you need the base game plus the expansion. I think the total might run you up seventy to get started. And then really, that is stupid. And then there's still the monthly fee. That being said, yeah, you can play because for if free. they have the monthly fee, right. I know about the monthly fee because they have the monthly fee. Everything else should be free for new players. Like they should, they should make it so I can download the World of Warcraft client right now and have the first month free. You can, you and, can play to level twenty for free. Yeah, they so they should have like without so, buying it or anything. What's the difference between that and what they're giving away to these moviegoers? Well, it's unclear because they haven't announced that they've polled people, so it yeah. could mean you get the new expansion for free and get a month. Like I, details are foggy. It seems kind of shitty just to get the base game for free because then you can't even log in and do anything. Um, so unclear. Also, they've you're also able to actually play for free. You can buy a month of time with in-game gold which is not it's not that hard to actually make that but you have to be a regular player so there are ways to play for free but yeah it doesn't sound amazing but it is blizzard they're not exactly known for their you know dumpster bin cheap prices on anything so no right but but i think the interesting takeaway is like go to the movies and get a free game like it's still a free game it still has a retail value it's just interesting and and i kind of feel like it's coercion like i don't know it's weird like it's like come see this movie and get a free hit of crack like get the first come see spider-man and get the first three issues of spider-man monthly for free and then pay for the rest kind of thing like that kind of thing you know so. i think it's smart marketing because i mean like really what's the overlap going to be on warcraft for the most part the people that are lining up day one are already world of warcraft players so then you're going to get some new people that will be caught up in the hype if it's the big movie at the time. And then you may have a small percentage of them that will actually sit down and play a video game uh, based on the movie that they just saw. And then you might have a smaller percentage of that that group that will continue and pay subscription fee. But even if it's like – if that movie is a huge hit, 
I mean, even if it's one percent of all, everybody who shows the movie sees the movie becomes a World of Warcraft subscriber, that could be, you know, big numbers. Yeah, and you also forgot the other demographic, which was the same idiots that brought their children to see Deadpool. <laughs> Thinking it was a superhero movie, like it is a superhero they, they, movie, they, rated R superhero. Yeah, movie. it's not for kids. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, but in the Warcraft vein, thinking it's anything like Lord of the Rings, like oh, it's got hobbits. You know, it's like it's. I'm pretty sure it's going to be family friendly movie, but it's not like if you go in expecting like Gerald Tolkien style fantasy, it's not what you're going to get. I think, I think Warcraft stuff's kind of hammy and kind of, it's just different vibe. Um, but you might not get that from the trailer. Uh, okay. Um, also, sweet new Doom footage. I I have a large erection for the new Doom game. Like, did you see the late last uh, Conan O'Brien Clueless I Gamer? I didn't. I found out before the show, and I was like, shit. I just ran out of time. I definitely want to go see the new trailer. I've seen I've seen new footage, but I'm stoked that there's even more new footage. Well, it was a Super Bowl. It was a Super Bowl one, and so it was the football players playing, and it, it they were. It was so funny because it's so gratuitously violent, like it's so crazy violent, like this stuff that yeah. uh, that, that happens in it. And it's funny because like Doom was when it was at its apex of popularity, like it was a time when graphics were limited and games weren't necessarily known for much. Like Doom was known for being a first person shooter. There were no there's but, maybe but one your or two local other. news when they did their interest piece on violence in video games. It was always a screenshot yeah. of Doom on the an cha- LCD screen, like the chain, the chainsaw in Doom. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so now, as it goes on, like when Doom Three came out, um, I I felt that they thought that what Doom was, the VGA Doom, the old Doom, what it was was a horror. What it was like a suspense horror, like. St- horror type dark and scary yeah. flashlight and and all that stuff and and there was still like don't get me wrong balls to the wall action in that game and stuff it was but it was uh they're they're getting to the essence of what doom was was they, they were erring on the side of of sort of scare and now it feels like they're like, no, no, what Doom is is super violent. Super That's violent what... action. It just happens yeah. to be Mars and demons. Because like, the originals yeah. were more arcadey than that Doom 3 business. I like Doom 3, but Doom 3 wouldn't be like, we're going to try and make you shit your pants in fear route like dead space except dead and they space had this yeah better. they had a store they it was it was in the wake of like half-life and all that where it was like okay now we're gonna have a story and explain why all this right. shit is going on right oh Who games really... have to do all these things now to be a game and yeah. it looks like this it's not doom 4 i think they're just calling it doom this reincarnation yeah. of doom is literally just like it's just ultra violence the most disgusting creatures we can think of Dude, like the guy, like those floating ball guys with the one eye, one of the kills in it was like you reach into his eyeball, rip the eyeball out and like shove it in his mouth and shoot a shotgun off. And it's like, it's just, it's yeah. so cool. It's so, it's so amazing. So um, I just want to talk about my large boner with respect to Doom because that is second to Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, my top looking forward to game of the year. <laughs> 
<laughs> I laugh because those two are like, aside from being able to play in first person perspective, they're pretty much complete different games. Sure, yeah. one is a nuanced story about a yeah. dystopian future. The other one is the other one is literally like just ripping people's. It's like a butcher simulator, a demon butcher do, simulator. When you play Deus Ex, do you play lethal or non-lethal? I play non-lethal usually too. I, I, I'm non-lethal. <laughs> and then I go to Doom, and I'm like, ah! no. I really, tr- I tried for the full clear on non-lethal, and I must have missed one somewhere because I didn't get it. I was pissed. Oh yeah, I did too. It's because in Human Revolution, at least the thing for me is in Human Revolution before you become a cyborg uh, or like whatever. In the, the training mi- mission, you probably yeah. fuck up there. Yeah. Yeah. There's all these guys that invade and they're all shooting you with guns and all you have is a lethal gun pretty much. But that's – you can't kill anyone there. Yeah, you or, basically got to sneak by them. Like I think that's the thing you got to do. Yeah, that's the thing which I didn't do and yeah. I was like, oh, whatever. Live and but I tried it a few times anyways. and uh, but, I all, but I did get the other achievement that's really hard to get which was the foxiest of the hounds where like you don't trip a single alarm through the whole thing. I was pretty proud oh, of that. Uh, yeah. Good, good. I mean, sometimes there's nerd. some reloads, but yeah, nerd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also, uh, this isn't big news, but this really made me laugh, and I wanted to share it. There, um, someone retweeted Hideo Hideo Kojami. Kojami Hideo Kojima. Kojima Kojami. <laughs> I put on my Kojamis at night before bed. <laughs> uh, Hideo Kojima, and it was like a screenshot of his Twitter, like a phone screenshot, and that the Konami Twitter account blocked him. And then Hideo just wrote like, oh, Konami tears so salty. <laughs> 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 and it just made me laugh so much. <laughs> I, I can't believe Konami sure blocked real? him. It was from the Hideo Kojima account. That sounds like a made-up thing. I'm not saying it is made-up. It, you know, it is the internet. Up. It wouldn't be the first. What you're, what yeah. you're suggesting to me is not... <laughs> Let's just report yeah, no, it like it's news. It. We're not like we don't have integrity, anyways. All right. So it's the news. You heard it here first. We broke it. Hang on, I'm looking it up though. Um, uh, 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 uh. what's next? All right. So that, I uh, heard that was a lot that. was going on in uh, in one of your old jams there, Hearthstone. I hear they're so, uh, they're starting to eliminate old cards or some shit like a, that. Yeah, just a quick little mention for all you Hearthstone heads out there that. With the net release of the next expansion pack, standard is they're going to all the stuff from the the latest X packs and adventures like cycling are no longer legal in the main game. There's still a mode you can play all the cards in, but really, if you want to play Hearthstone, you're gonna competitively Wait. in standard, just like in Magic the Gathering. Only the last two sets are gonna be legal as part of the. the so main like, when, game. okay, you know when I first started playing Hearthstone, and so all all my like. All my main decks are pretty much. I haven't changed them since I pretty much first started playing. Maybe I added some cards from that bomb, uh, the gnomes and whatever sure. uh, thing, thing that came along. So, so are all those cards like my? Are they no good anymore in the the ranked? Yeah, mode? yeah. I th- well, they're going to be a ranked wild mode. It's just yeah. ranked standard. They'll be not legal. So there's still going to be a mode where people will play. The problem is that they're not going to try and balance cards for yeah. wild. So. It may get to the point, like in Magic with Legacy, mind you, there's 15 years of Magic where people have science the shit out yeah. of, you all know, those cards. out of all those cards and are basically um, have everything where they can just two, two turn, like kill you in turn two kind of thing. So, yeah, that doesn't really exist yet, but it may. And they'll be like, well, it's wild. What do you expect? You know, it's just going to be the deal. So, 
it's funny because I speculated on this like pretty much as soon as Hearthstone started because it seemed like like it was supposed to be casual and accessible and all that. And it's already at the point now where if I was a new player, some of this would – I understand that they're doing it to make it less intimidating for new players. But in a way, it's like soon as the vanilla option that originally launched the game is no longer available, same with World of Warcraft, it becomes like – even though I know I could jump in and get the latest expansion and all that, part of me, it's like starting a movie at the third movie instead of the first movie of a trilogy or something like that. You want to start start at the beginning. It just becomes less interesting for players that are that are on the outside looking in. A uh, question, though, to you, Bo, yes. just based on, for me personally, so what is the, what is the oldest or oldest packs or oldest – um, set that's still available in standard. Um, right now, it's all available. But what's going to cycle out, I think, is Nax Ramus, the Adventure, and Goblins versus Gnomes. So the base set will still be like the ones. Oh, you really? Earn. Yeah, because you earn those by leveling up. They can't exactly take it away from people. Like yeah. the basics, and I, I'm not clear on the classic packs. Actually, so they're taking out Nax Ramus and Goblins versus Gnomes. Yeah. Like, I think the okay. base stuff is going to remain as, like, a foundation for the game. And Perfect. the expansion that's stuff. Much more, that's much smarter, And that's something Magic doesn't do, but I'm not 100% on that little piece of information. Because so. I, I think um, that's, yeah, for, that's what they should do. Uh, it makes just much more sense. The, those expansions, like Naxxramas and Goblets vs. Gnomes, they feel like flavor packs almost. Like, in the sense that, oh, it's really fun for a while. Everything is, like, based on these these tropes of like inventions and goblins and explosions. But then it's like, Oh, something else comes in and we'll, we'll tweak always tweaks on the main game, but the main game still lies underneath it all. That would be smart for me. Yeah. So I can confirm. I'm just reading here along with the core foundation of the basic and classic card sets, which will always be valid for standard. Cool. So yeah. um, I think the issue here though, is that like, if you're a, if you come from a trading card game background, you're like, oh yeah, whatever, standard makes sense. I blow money on magic all the time. All those other cards become poo. If you're a video game player and you approach this game and you dumped hundreds of dollars into buying Oh, packs, I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, fuck this game. What? I Like, how is, you know, so... Oh, I bought all these packs. Yeah, I didn't think about that because I never spend money on packs. And but they're not cards. Who... They're not physical goods. Like, they're asking no. you to just keep dumpstering money for packs. Now, it's a free-to-play game and you don't have to do it. But honestly, it's you play all day, it's still slow as shit earning cards. Like, it... And and like, then what's going to happen is now you know what's you, now you know that any card you buy now in these new sets that are released will be rotated out and will be you know crap at one point you know like unless unless it's the standard deck at the beginning you, all the other ones are going to get rotated out so you could invest like a hundred bucks in getting like a whole new deck and then be uh, be like it'll last you for a while. But then at one point it'll get it. You'll still be able to play it in wild mode, but it's still like it. It, it yeah. It does. I could see why it would annoy people. Yeah, Let's just it, it's it's sort of well. I mean, I've moved on to spend blow my money in other places. I still love Hearthstone, but uh, I, I'm more of an action gamer, and there's some great offerings. So if you like card games, Hearthstone and Magic are where it's at. But uh, Hearthstone, keep your wallet gonna... prime. Keep your job. Like work at your job. <laughs> And, you know, keep your job because you have to give that money to Blizzard or Wizards of the Coast. All right. So uh, what have you, what are you up to? 
Yeah, so I was going to say, you, you touched on a couple of things during your your uh, news filter there, that, uh, that stuff that uh, I had also kept an eye on. So Firewatch um, was one of them, and it's like a, it's like you, a small narrative-type game, four hours. We talked recently on this show, of, uh, that four hours number I'm pulling out from uh, this website called howlongtobeat.com. They... Uh, they essentially can go on there and it'll tell you how long a game is, the main campaign, how much with bonus stuff, how much with, um, uh, you know, how much to 100% it and all that sort of thing. I've been using it a lot more as I try to balance my time. I've been like, okay, how long? Like I have Bloodborne and I have Fallout 4 sitting on my desk and I'm like, well, if I'm going to open up one of these ones, which one's going to be a long longer campaign because believe it or not that's the one i want to avoid because i'm i'm trying to you know get through as much as possible and i don't want to be too waylaid for too long so anyway firewatch four hours is about what it takes um this one guy finished it in something like a little more than two hours or something and he loved it just loved it but cost him 18 dollars, and he has no not much money and the Steam refund policy, I forget what it is, but it's something like if you return something within, I don't know, 24, 48 hours or something and you've played around two hours of it, then you can get a refund. And so he opened a thread saying like, should I get a refund for this game? Because like I don't – I really don't have much money. Part of me is sort of torn. I feel like $18 is too much based on the limited amount of time I played. And it led to one of the de- developers responding and writing this sort of like because this is a very indie development team that like quit their jobs. We're all working out of one apartment for like a really long time to be able to put out this game and and are, are, are proud of it and are proud of what they did. But like are, we're only able to do so much and set a price point, I guess, that they they felt were fit, was fair but the guy the developer said like you know what like i understand where you're coming from and if you don't feel like it was worthwhile for $18 like you should for sure ask for a refund and um but just know that we put our blood sweat or tears into this thing and of course like it it, it led to a, a lot of publicity eventually the guy was, was like no i thought about it this game i really really enjoyed it i'm, I'm not going to be getting asking for a refund but it led to a lot of people sort of having this conversation again with the how short is too short mm-hmm. how long is mm-hmm. too you know what's not long enough what's the correct price point for something like this and uh and i thought it was funny because we had just talked about that i think last show yeah and and it's hard to put a it's hard to put a price tag on value per minute games vary wildly on mileage i mean i haven't yeah, spent it, a dime on overwatch and i've played it so much you know 40 bucks I, seems cheap seems I cheap per hour of value i've gotten out of that I have an epiphany on this. I'm I, I I'm going to mention it in games per minute because you're going to see it comes into play with with the games that I'm playing now. But I, I have been thinking about this since we last since we last played and uh, and where a game like Overwatch would fit into that. Um, but yeah. So anyway, I thought it was an interesting story. Another thing is that Marvel uh, continuing to take over the entertainment world. Uh, so Deadpool, which is actually under the purview of 20th Century Fox because it's X-Men property. And um, they released Deadpool. And I'll be honest, like 
the film opened last weekend. I'll be honest. I thought this was going to be a major flop. And I, I thought uh, – there's a lot of reasons for that. One is that Deadpool comes from the 1990s. Um, and my belief is pretty much every comic character that came from the 1990s sucks, OK? Like there's – the 90s were all about extreme dude, man. And, <laughs> uh, and, and like they just like – they're You're talking just, about new comic characters because there were good comics in the 1990s. There were good comics, but yeah, I'm talking about new comic characters. And some of the my favorite characters had their worst plot lines in the 1990s. And I was really into comics in the 90s, so I can. It's hard for me to think back. All that money I spent was on shit, but a lot of it was garbage. Anyway, Deadpool was made by Rob, um, co-created by Rob Liefeld, Felder, or maybe made entirely, and he is like often one of those talking points with regards to 90s sucking and, and that was both with regards to like his creations characters were like Cable of the X-Men, Deadpool and then he left and created all these characters with Image Comics uh, he was one of the founders of Image Comics and he draws like if you've ever seen how he draws the human body it's almost it's laughable <laughs> especially the women um, and so anyway D- Deadpool because of that the there's a lot of people that grew up with comics in the 90s. Deadpool was, I guess, the coolest of shitty characters. And people were like, oh, I can't wait to see a Deadpool movie. But I thought it was going to be a real cult audience, like a real niche type audience. But instead, it turns out there maybe because we're in the middle of February and there is nothing since Star Wars. There's pretty much been no blockbuster movies. But this movie has made more money in its opening weekend than any X-Men movie, first of all. It's like the fourth or – I forget. It's like the fifth biggest superhero opening of all time. And and it's like uh, – and it's really like it, – it, it was a letter of love by star Ryan Reynolds and the director and writing staff. They worked their asses off to be – to make this rated R superhero movie. Now, now, now they're even talking about the next Wolverine movie being rated R and all this sort of stuff based on the, the success. Cause Hollywood's a big me too industry, obviously, but, but still I was just, anyway, I, it blew my mind. I haven't seen Deadpool yet. I'm not overly keen on seeing it, but the, the fact that it exists and that it made so much money and that, now all of Hollywood is going to be adapting to the success of Deadpool is mind-boggling to me. Um, I don't... We like sweary movies and, like, cynical, poopy movies. Like, I know there's the classic trope, but we've already got a hard edge, I think, in some respects to some of our character. We've seen that a little bit in some of the Spider-Man, I think, and we've seen darker edges, like Batman. The, the Christopher Nolan Batman stuff's pretty edgy. I know it's not Marvel, but superhero wise, the new Batman versus Superman looks dark as dark as hell. Like it's you know, but this yeah, this is comedy. But at the same point, it's like this. But this is the. It's not that it did well. Don't get me wrong. It's not that it it did well or wasn't a flop. It is that it, it now has the number one r-rated movie opening of all time it's past all the matrix movies including the sequels that were that had a lot of people that attended the sequels to the matrix movies and they made a shit ton of money when they came out it passed 50 shades of gray uh which which came out last year so inflation isn't really a thing and it i mean it's just Deadpool is the number one r-rated movie of all time in terms of opening weekend i that's what i just to- i mean 
It's to, crazy. To be honest, and you know I don't go watch a lot of movies. I'm not a big go in the theater, watch a movie kind of guy. Yeah. I think in 2015 I saw Star Wars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually want to go see this in the theater. Like, they're going to get my money. Like, I'm just like, you the know marketing what? has been on point, man. It has been genius marketing on this movie. I Like, really, it's even got me interested in at least the marketing surrounding it. I just always felt that the movie itself would suck, but the reviews are half decent. So, I mean, maybe, but I will say that that wasn't the only piece of Marvel news. Daredevil, Daredevil dropped its uh, its first sort of trailer. Like there was a teaser previously for season two. This was the first like full length trailer. There's going to be another trailer before the season drops at the beginning of March, but it was focused mostly on the Punisher. Yeah, and and uh, uh, it looked sick. Like I I was watching that and I I was thinking this is getting me really excited in the TV space and it kind of makes me sad because I think of like, you know, Daredevil is such a rich character in comic book history and like he's now getting his due on Netflix but to see like a crap 1990s character like Deadpool makes so much money. Meanwhile, Daredevil that is like just such a substance character. Like I hope a lot of people watch Daredevil on Netflix. It's a great show so- but I I feel like it deserves a movie again, you're, like, and I mean, not a Ben Affleck movie, a real movie. I think you're right. I think what's going on with Daredevil, though, the to me, like, I watched the Daredevil thing, so I'm like, oh, it sound everyone said it was good. I watched it, I liked it, but it, Deadpool has maybe even set the tone for an awesome Punisher. Like the the big draw to season two is the Punisher. Like I'm way more into the Punisher than I personally than the Daredevil, and I think. I'm indicative of, of a more casual comic book interest kind of person where I there's been like four Punisher films, you know, and I've seen all of them, bad or otherwise. I'm just like, oh, man, the Punisher, he shoots people for justice, you know, and I'm like, Daredevil, whatever. <laughs> like the concept is easier. Uh, it's funny. I'm totally on the other side. What I'm, what like, I'm trying Daredevil? to say is not one is better than the other. I'm saying the concept of Punisher, who is essentially a, a poor Batman, um, is easier well, for Well, Batman people. doesn't kill people. Batman is like Daredevil. I mean, Daredevil like, and Batman are pretty much... I'm just saying they, that they're, the they've been wronged and they're seeking their vigilantes. Like, they're not really superpower people, right? Like, Batman doesn't really have superpowers. He's rich no. and ingenious. And Punisher doesn't have superpowers. He just, I don't know, can kill people real good. Like, the point is that for wider audiences the concept is easier easier to wrap your head around than the subtle like i think even the dare this incarnation of daredevil they've made really in that vein of like uh, angel of vengeance kind of thing you know but well, I he's think- struggling he struggles with reli- his religion he struggles with uh, yeah. his sort of inner self his inner demons boring boring wait 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 i have inner <laughs> demons <laughs> like but I'm, it, you, punisher you know. Punisher was a character that also like became extremely popular in the 90s. He's not a 90s character, but he became extremely popular in the 90s. He had about four yeah. comic books running at the same time he in the 90s. got that Dolph Lundgren bump. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, but but he yeah, I I don't want to dwell too much on it, but you'll see that in the trailer um that he talks about uh he says he says Daredevil is one bad day away from becoming him. Um 
and uh, that's a line that a lot of people call back to Batman and the Joker. Uh, the Killing Joke is like a, a famous story arc uh, with the Joker, where Joker essentially his thesis is that everybody is one bad day away from becoming essentially uh, the Joker. And Daredevil and Batman, it's, they're they're both similar in that they have extremely limited. Um, super powers, if you will, but they have, um, but but they they also will refuse to kill. Um, and uh, the Punisher is interesting as a character because he is not the Joker is a clear cut villain, whereas whereas Dare um, the Punisher, while he's going to be the villain of season two of Daredevil, Netflix has already said that they're going to be giving a, the Punisher his own show, so you know he's going to survive. Um, the Daredevil show, uh, and and also it means that that uh, he's going to be presented in a way that is heroic, or that, that viewers will be able to get behind him as as a protagonist of his own show, right? So anyway, it's really after seeing you know Daredevil, uh, Deadpool doing so well, and then seeing this trailer for Daredevil, I'm like, man, TV. There's a reason we don't go see th- movies in theaters. Bo, TV is where it's at, man. All these shows are on TV. They're able to draw out the story, make it more dynamic. I'm excited for Daredevil. Anyway, yeah, uh, I'm watching it as you speak, and like I'm not. You don't have the sound, but it looks pretty damn. Okay, good. well, you watch it after. We're doing a show right now. You you watch that after. Yeah. It's been out for days. I can all multitask. Right. I'm a multitasker. What were we talking no, you about? Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Um, so the other the other thing I was going to tell you is about. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We're still talking about superheroes, right? No, I'm moving on. Well, one sec, because I found something on the internet too a little earlier. Because you're talking about all '90s superheroes suck. Yeah, and so there's an article on Gizmodo: ten most asinine 1990s comic book characters who never caught on. I'm not going to read them all, but a few jumped out at me. You've got Adam X, the Extreme, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'll look into you in Skype. But um, those are those are the ones that never caught on. To you should see even the ones that Duke that did ca- catch on. Uh, I think I saw that article actually. I was re- I was reading about shit like this the other day. There's one but there called are- um, Games Master. There's there's ones like the did catch on that are really like if you go like Gambit and uh, Gambit is a junk character Bishop and Cable all the X Men from the nineties suck uh, Venom in Spider Man I thought Venom was so Venom. wicked I thought Venom was so wicked when I was a kid but like really he's he's very basic in a as a character and they decided to get tons of mileage out of him because he looked wicked. He's the best. In my opinion, if you look at all the 90s creations, I would put him near the top as best, but he's still like not great. He's still uh, um, just basically a, a brain-eating alien, you know. Yeah, like. yeah he who is like Matt, you know, yeah, he's he's a villain with motivation, but they turn him into an anti-hero. Anyways, getting back to the video games. Okay. Um, so you may mention, uh, you may remember a couple of uh, podcasts ago. I mentioned the Fire Emblem game I was playing. Sure, I'm still playing that. I put it aside. It's hard when when it's on a portable system and you're not traveling or whatever to get into that stuff. Um, so I'm still, and I can pick it up and play at any time. But the one thing I will say about Fire Emblem Awakening is it's a huge game. Like it's huge. You can do all sorts of level grinding, all sorts of stuff. But now. This week, Fire Emblem's putting out, like, three games. Three games at once, and they all sort of, like, go together. 
um, there's sort of like two campaigns and they sort of merge into one, I think, into the third game. Um, the first two you can buy in stores and the third one is like a download only, but it's cheaper, but it's still like a full game. All of them are getting great reviews. One is considered easier. One is considered more for hardcores because Fire Emblem is super hard. It makes me want to pick up Fire Emblem Awakening, but it also makes, uh, again, like and play it some more, the one that I own. But it does make me also think that like they may have bitten off more, they can, more than they can chew here in terms of making money. I think about how confusing this is for parents buying games for kids. You've got three games, Fire Emblem Fates, Conquest, Fire Emblem Fates, uh, Revelations, and like all this sort of shit. How do I know which one to play first? You know, you have to do a bunch of homework before you even pick up a game and put it in your cart, you know, and and which one is good for beginners, which one's good for experts. So um, anyway, I, I probably won't be touching any of them anytime soon, but it, it's good that the 3DS is still getting some grade A material. I just wish that they... From a, I'm from a communications background, and this looks like it looks like poor communications right off, like 101, <laughs> uh, like three games with the same subtitle, but then different sub subtitles, and each one is slightly different, and you have to play them in a certain order, and some are easier and some are harder. I mean, like maybe they trust that their fans know what they need to know that's like, what they do that's what they're doing they're selling directly to their fans but then why have a game that's easier to get a gateway audience in like if you're gonna have one of those make it clear call it like, the easy fire emblem and then call the other one keep away unless you're a fire emblem god that would be the subtitle of or both. just call it fire emblem one like fire emblem fates one two and three or something like that like i mean at the very least all right well uh, you heard it here um what company makes it? Uh, who makes I'm not it? sure. Uh, 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 Tahi, Tahi. Are you just inventing just words inventing, now? Yeah. I um, think Nintendo has something to do with it, but anyway. All right. Well, um, that's uh, enough. Uh, Readme.txt. I think we we're good to go. Let's let's. I want to talk about the games we've been playing. All right. All right. All right. Okay. We, yeah, let's do it. You always talking about making kids' minds like vegetables. Talk about them all in the street. This is Games Per Minute. How do you feel about cutting his head off? Yeah. Just for the record, I want to say that, um, you know, the reason that took so long was because of all of my shit and Crofton had like three things. <laughs> thank like, you. I'm thank like, you both. let's move on. Stop talking. You know, I, yeah, you know. thank you for that. I, w- I wanted that recognized. But now I'm again going to give you the floor first because you wrote the game that you're playing in all caps in such a way that that on our list here that infers excitement, I feel like preventing you from talking about it would be some sort of crime. I'm in the Overwatch beta! It's so good! Now, I think I might have talked about it a bit on the show because you did, I did get the closed beta weekend, which was a limited access deal. Uh, but now I'm in, indefinitely, playing the Overwatch beta. Overwatch is great. And here was my thought process today when I was thinking, oh, what am I going to say about Overwatch? How do I... How do I talk about Overwatch? My favorite F competitive FPS of all time has been Planetside. My number one MMO, my number one favorite way to play a competitive shooter game. I enjoyed Planetside 2 quite a bit, but I've played games like Counter... Well, not Counter-Strike Go, but like games like it. So, I don't know, uh, Team Fortress 2 I've played. I've played uh, various Call of Duty Modern Warfare competitive games. 
all kinds of shooter competitive games and been bored out of my skull. You just don't play Planet Side and go back to playing those things, these small 10v10 maps. Boring. It's, it doesn't hold my attention. This is the first competitive shooter game, I think, that I love as much as I love Planet Side. And it is amazing for different reasons. It's not it's not a one-to-one comparison. It's not even close to the same thing. But I am getting a ton of mileage out of this game. It is a really fun team-based game. And um, I love it. I just love that everything is not like equip your weapons. Like every character has a unique feel. Do you like Mega Man? There's a girl with a blue suit on that shoots rockets out of her arms. Do you like Red Dead Redemption? McGraw is there for you and he'll dead eye everything. Do you just like playing a Gunzerker in Borderlands? Well, there are melee characters like Winston who will run around and just punch everything like crazy. It's it's a really it's got a lot for a lot of different types of players in it and it's a lot of fun to play it all so super it's funny because it feels like um in a way like super smash brothers which came out years ago and um has sort of now permeated this moba market where now there's these heroes and they all have sort of different skills and different abilities but smash was like a mascot brawler but it was kind of like ahead of its time in this because it feels like this is like a mascot like it's a mascot first person shooter is what it is it's like it's like if you had all these different types of first person shooters all in one game like uh, so there that 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 Red Dead Redemption type guy, you he might have his own game where you'd go and you do the eagle eye and you shoot dudes and all that yeah. sort of stuff. You might have another character that has their own game, but it, it's like they you've skipped got your ahead. Call, you've got your Call of Duty guy who's got an assault rifle and just aims at people and shoots it, you know? Right, exactly. It's like, so instead of developing all these games, they just jumped ahead to the point where they all have like one first-person shooter together. And it's funny because there is no like, there is no like Halo versus Call of Duty versus, um, I don't know, uh, Counter-Strike versus, I'm trying to think of all these these first-person hey, shooters, uh, Doom versus Unreal. Quake like, and... Um, yeah, yeah like, like a, a mascot-type type first-person shooter game like this, and Overwatch is kind of um, setting this, you know setting this new genre but i i understand there's a couple of other games in the pipes that are doing similar things maybe it'll be first to market i'm not sure um well the, but the ones that are doing it so notably paragon and battleborn are like they're they're vibing off mova map style and overwatch is not overwatch is like payload and control point like king of the hill style very a lot more basic than what the, those games are very are a lot more ambitious in the types of competitive modes they're going after which could end up being the more popular thing who knows um but the one the one that may be the most analog like to it is lawbreakers the cliff splazenski joint with our art director oh right yeah planet side two and one on the team um and i don't know man like here's the thing though about this game is that it, it? Where it vibes off the MOBA is that you do have three abilities. It's not like three buttons, but like Tracer, for example, has a blink button. You can just teleport ahead a few feet. You can do this three times, and the charges have you have three charges, and they have to recharge. You can rewind, which is go back five seconds in time, just you, so, and you can heal to full if you had full health five seconds ago. 
and she has a sticky grenade. So the idea is you, you blink in, sticky grenade as your ultimate, then rewind out so you don't blow yourself up with your own sticky grenade. It's I'm confused. How, how can you change time in an online multiplayer game? Well, it's called rewind because you're only rewinding your last five seconds. So you, you appear on the map where you were five seconds ago in the state that you were five seconds ago. The rest of the map continues on. It's just you're affecting your time continuum. Okay, the I whole see. Map. Yeah. So it's not like you could get almost killed and then rewind out of no, it. That'd be, that, that'd be very... I don't even know how they'd do that, but it'd be cool. Um, but... Well, it was one of the, the issues they had when developing multiplayer for Max Payne games. You know, the... Um, the, the, the idea. Yeah, because yeah, if you time. were sit there scratching your nuts and someone went into bullet time, you had to sit there and watch do nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you could just be walking around. You're like, oh, I'm eating my lunch and I'm bullet time because someone else triggered bullet time. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, um, I, I like how you'd be eating lunch in Max Payne multiplayer. I'm just curious, Bo, because like you, are, I know, like are a huge Blizzard fanboy. Like every type of Blizzard game that they make, you generally just eat up. Doesn't matter what it is. That's true. Um, and so, in like, could be a card game, could be a dungeon crawler, could be a MOBA esque type game, could be a first person shooter. If it's Blizzard, you're on it. So, my question to you is: generally, those other Blizzard games, the thing that unifies them, aside from you know artistic style uh, uh, and, and and tropes, is often is often a, a, there's some element of addictiveness, and that's that's done through like say in Hearthstone. You're you're uh, collecting cards and you're moving up a ranked ladder, and, and uh, in uh, in in Diablo, you know you can you're leveling up all your guys. You have these dungeons and different levels of difficulty, and there's drop constant drops and stuff like that. I guess what is it that keeps you playing Overwatch other than just you know the gameplay itself? Like what do you um, what is the sort of reward structure? Well, they they have introduced loot boxes this time around. Which just gives you skins and different. Um, when you get play of the game, by the way, the most important part about Overwatch is play of the game, because the game automatically replays the most awesome play for all the player, all twelve players who are in the match. So, this game's going to have progression like all of the Blizzard games because you know they're they treat their they're kind of you know it's just it's always about. Uh, it's always about the, the progression, they call it, um, with the Blizzard games. And yes, that is a part that keeps people going. But right now, for me, what keeps me going is getting those awesome plays of the game. And getting those sweet kills. We talk on Planetside about those high cocaine moments where it's just like, oh man, I'm, it's just not going well. It's not, and then all of a sudden you get this rush of victory when you kill like four or five people. And it's like super amazing. Or you do this cool teamwork thing. Like Lucio, the guy, the, the guy on roller skates who has a beatbox gun. He can bounce people into pits, like there are pits there at the game, and you can you can bounce them into the pits, and it's super satisfying because it feels like you're shaming people when you do it. <laughs> it, it has the, it, the for me, it's the planet side addictiveness of getting those high highs of just the golden moments. Yeah, those golden moments, and the best part about it is that at the end of the match, the play of the game will show off your golden moments for everybody else. Assuming that yours is the best of all of their. All of them. Well, there's some because the AI picks it. Like it's not selected by people. So sometimes there's a character called Torbjorn who's like this Swedish. I think he's Swedish. 
he makes the turrets. He's like he sets up a turret and he hangs around his turret. So he spends a lot of time hammering the turret in first person mode. <laughs> so that play of the game can be really boring because it's just him hammering his turret and get like you don't even see the kills. It's just off screen shooting things. So so what what determines that play of the game thing? Like how think, do, if it's um, not voted on or if it's I not like how does you get points based on how much individual damage? So if you solo a guy, you get a hundred points. But if you put a bullet into him, you get like twenty five points if you did a quarter yeah, yeah. of the damage. So it's getting the most points for kills in a short period of time. So like when you dead eye, McGraw is a great character to get play of the game with because you can kill you can kill the whole team if you're able to dead eye them all fast enough. That's huge. And they also have some algorithm that I don't understand for healers. If someone does a really big clutch heal because there are healer characters in the game, yes, um, they can also get a like a play of the game that isn't related to death. Does that happen very often? Probably not. Not very often, but every now and then there is a there is a healer play of the game. Is there an overused character at this point? Um, no, I think I think the complaints about the game are in payload matches specifically. There are two turret characters, Torbjorn, Torbjorn that we talked about that we call Tol, Tolbron, <laughs> um, and and Bastion, who is a robot who can transform into a turret, and they're just really powerful. If you get the great thing is you can change to any character and you can have multiple copies of any characters right now in the game. So you could get six bastions and just control a point. And if the other oh, team is too, is too newbie as to how to counter it, it's already hard enough to counter right now in the game balance. It can be So changing. you're not playing the whole game as the same character. You're literally changing after every death yeah, practice. It's really free play right now. It's, and I think they want to keep it that way, but who knows what the competitive scene will shake up with that kind of thing. But... Yeah, you you have pretty pretty much freedom to play and pick whoever you want. That's kind it's of super appealing. Fun. You know, there is a progression system because you earlier mentioned that they are doing going to do loot crate things, which you can buy, but you just earn them by doing stuff in the game. So, and there it's just voice lines. Like you get an emote, like you know how in Planet Side you'd tell someone hello when you'd kill them. Well, you can get new voice emotes for that kind of thing too. So, cool. Nothing too like game changing. Nothing you need to have to enjoy the game. So. Um, I'm just switching gears into what uh, I've been playing. I know we're going to be talking a lot about Overwatch in the future. Sure, we'll save some. Um, uh, I I mentioned earlier I had an epiphany, and what that epiphany uh, pretends to is is our conversation last week about the the length of games and what I'm looking for in games now. And um, the game I've probably spent the most time with over the past couple of weeks since last EXM is probably Rocket League. Much in the same way that when you say like, oh, I played Heroes of the Storm. Um, it, it's sort of like, it's like a recurring, it's easy to pick up, you play a couple of games, you have a good time or whatever. It fits in on in gaps, like my computer's always there. I can just like, oh, I'm going to just, you know, start up, play some Rocket League. Yeah. Just a couple of, couple of games. Works perfectly, right? Yeah. So that then it's like what what I I haven't had an online game like that for a long time. Like and you always do. You always have a, a game like that. And I think most people do. They they have some sort of it could be a mobile phone game or it could just be like it's a game that's a low calorie experience in many ways. But it it it, it allows them to to jump in, have some fun, jump out. You know, uh, and 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 once you have that game, then um, it the other experiences that you have are are either going to be um super long games or super short games or and when i say super short games i don't mean like 
I, I don't mean like an hour game or whatever. I, I'm talking about like the or, like I finished the order 1866. Last time I told you I was midway through it. I was done it. I was like, man, this game is super awesome. It ends. It has a really awesome ending. The graphics are sick. The story is super interesting. The world building is super fun. The gameplay is pretty good. A lot of people said like, oh, it's like a PS2 game except with super sick graphics. I'm like, maybe that's true. But if that's the case, it's a damn good PS2 game. Um, It's more like an Xbox 360 game like Gears of War or something like that. And Gears is probably a better cover shooter in this than this game is. But what – the entire packaging around it made it to be a really enjoyable experience. And when I went to How Long to Beat, uh, that that website I I told you about earlier, I compared it to like Uncharted in 1, 2, and 3. And it's in the same wheelhouse. Like it's, it's in the same wheelhouse as those games are. But those games never got the criticism that The Order gets for length. Because they're high quality and at the time people weren't as preoccupied with length as they seemingly are now. So anyway, my my epiphany is that I want more games like that. Like that are that are more like I, I'm able to have an experience, enjoy it, balance it out with a few games of Rocket League or whatever, and then move on to something else. Because as much as I love The Witcher 3, and I loved it, as we know, uh just staying and playing the same single player game for an extensive period of time. Meanwhile, all these other games are coming out. It becomes like you get blase on the experience and you don't, you know, you don't finish it. The Witcher, I know is the exception. Like I have pretty much dropped Metal Gear Solid five. I'm going to, I have Fallout four. I'm going to play it, but I'm almost guarantee you, I will not finish it. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that for a fact. Even Bloodborne, which has a longer single-player campaign according to Time the time to Beat than Fallout does, although like Fallout's known for the bonus content, right? Um, even that, I'm like, I probably am not going to finish that game. Like I, I, so when I was done the order and I looked at my, I looked at my collection and I was like, shit, what do I play next? I, I just, I in the end, I played her story, which was um, oh nice. Yeah, it was on. I had bought it for like two bucks or something uh, on sale, and I was like, "Oh man, that'll be a quick play. That'll be a quick play, and I feel like it'll it'll meet my need." And then after that, I bought Tales from the Borderlands, which was on sale on Steam, and uh, I felt like again a Telltale game, story focused, uh, might just be what I needed. You know, I play through it and then get to the next game. So. I played her her story, and I'll give you just some brief impressions of both those games. So her her story was, uh, and I haven't completed the game. And I I use air quotes, which of course you can't see if you're listening to the audio version of the show, and I just sound crazy because her story is is like it's not really a game in so much as it's an experience. You are like in a police station listening to different fragments of different tapes to put together a witness's story uh about a crime and stuff like that and uh and i at one point i was like playing for i'd played for about an hour and i was getting a bit antsy and i went and i googled how do you win her story (laughs) okay do you have a do you have a penis yes b you do not win (laughs) yeah 
No, it's you see, it's not that just because it has the name her and I know, I okay, no, I, I have baggage in bringing this a game. ton of people online that are just like, oh my god, it has a woman's, you Look, know, a woman is an wait, actress in it. Wait, it wait, wait, wait. You know that I will talk about gender issues in a in a um, open way. What not open way, but I'm, I'm you know, I'm on the right side of this thing. Is what I'm trying to say. I, it's oh, just. Me- Maybe, but your misinterpretation of what the game is about right off is, is is similar to what a lot of people think. Like they think it's like, oh, this is some sort of feminist game, or this is some sort. Of, not that there would be anything well, wrong with it, that, but it's not in any way. It's 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 a murder mystery game. That's that's what's uh that's what's so funny. I, I understand that, but I think I think people like that are conflating. The issues around the Game Awards, which is that there were no women, I think, on the panel, and that they were freaking out, and then all of a sudden, her story won a bunch of awards, and the the, the award thing happened as the best game. But and you're going to give me your opinion because you actually played it, but it looks to me like a boring fucking video game. I'm just like, like I'll play it, like I'll have to eat my broccoli, like this is a good experience that I should have, but. You don't. Um, I wouldn't play I'm it if that's going to be if that's going to yeah. be your attitude. I wouldn't play it. Like, don't play it because you feel like, oh, I have to play it because it's a good socially aware game. No, but be- be- it's a good gaming experience for someone that loves games. More on that front. Okay. No, I I, I see what you're saying. In which case, I'd say don't play it because it's kind of boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Um, the uh, I knew you'd the- bring it home, Croft. <laughs> The, the, thing, the thing is, is that it, it when I started playing it, I was like, I was like, okay, this is going to be pretty good. I think like it's going to be some sort of mystery. But then I, as I was, I was screwing around with it, you know, you hear the term gamification often, like where they something is turned into it. They add a game element to something that's not at all a game. Well, sure. this was they took away the game element to what should have been a game in a way. So when I searched how do you win her story, the results I got were, were oh, you can't – it's not about winning it. It's about like just – you win by feeling like you understood what happened with the, mur- <laughs> with the, with the murder mystery. That sounds so like, like what your mom says when she's but, trying to explain why stealing's wrong to you and turns it into the a thing, game. The thing is that – so you're trying to find – what you do is you run these searches in this computer database. So you – it's all these like fifteen second clips of this interview with a witness. Fifteen seconds. Uh, pardon me. Only fifteen seconds. Yeah, each clip is about fifteen seconds. That's oh, that's a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. Well, well, each clip. I mean, yeah. like, there's probably a hundred. Well, I don't know how many clips there are. There's a lot of clips. Okay, and and the idea. Some of them are longer. Like, there's I I saw forty second clips. How does once. a witness get interviewed like hundreds of times? She doesn't. It's just like they've taken a clip, and after every report, after every question that the detective asks, if you don't get to hear the question, you just get the witness's answer. Often, it's it's pretty obvious what the question was when you see her answer. Sure. But 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 then and then so like you can you can start searching questions like you were a detective, or you can listen to her answers and then like she might mention a name. And then you search that name in the database, and then it'll show all the clips in which she mentioned that name. And then mm. you can just watch the clips, but they'll be all completely out of order. That's the thing. Everything is out of order. 
and there's a timestamp on each video. So you can sort of like then, – then another point of in, interactivity is you can put them – you can try putting them in order. But really there's – to my – I thought that that was the goal of the game was to put it all in order. Uh, and I started doing that and it was getting long and I'm like, OK, this is like video editing the game. And then – then uh, <laughs> But then I'm pretty sure like, records gonna, management is a real occupation. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. Well, see, this is it. It felt like an artificial situation because what I thought would have been good is if you, if the goal of the game was to solve this crime, but it's not. Like at one point in the the in in the uh, video, I think stuff becomes clear. Like once you, once you get through it really it's just to put together all these records that have been separated into a zillion different ways like they have all the answers on the videotape you're not really solving anything you are you are like trying to put all this together all the pieces are in the database and you've got to like run the right searches and and put them together and it was and there were a couple of twists and i figured out some stuff including one of the very old like very common twist to these sort of stories um so there, you know, there's more than meets the eye. I'm not going to reveal anything here, but nothing that had me like really on the edge of my seat. I'm probably going to go back and finish it because I'd like to see the rest. And by finish it, I mean watch the rest of the clips or find them. But like, you don't have to do anything to actively. The only gamification really is that you their Steam achievements and you get them sometimes for watching certain clips. And like, I guess some of them in particular, you would have to like. To, to get to that clip, you would really have to do some thinking, you know, be like, okay, I'm going to search this in the database. Some of them are dead ends, obviously, that don't lead along yeah. the path to yeah. the the end of the story, right? So um, anyway, it's, it, it's an interesting concept in terms of a game is not particularly super fun. So how uh, – how, how, how- what now that you've played the game that won two awards? What what do you what are your feelings about those awards? What are the being, two awards at the game award? I don't know. What, best, what are they? Best... One was be, I'm pretty sure one was best actress. Okay, uh, it, or best no best voice actor slash actress like in in um, in a video game. And mm-hmm. I remember like. She was up against the person who played, who does J- Gerald. She didn't from have to act for more than fifteen seconds at a time. No, I'm, no. I'm sure she acted full, fully, and then they cut, they cut it up. Okay. Um, I, I like, I can't. Re- there's some things that I can't reveal about the the performance that would. Uh, sh- she had a more complicated role because she's okay. on screen than a lot of the voice actors do. Uh, but I would, I would say, like, I mean. It wasn't. It wasn't a slam game of the year dunk. From po- game of the year from Polygon, game of the month from Rock Paper Shotgun, um, most original game from PC Gamer at the 2015 Game Awards, best most narrative, re- and best performance for her role. Granted, I can't think of all the performances to rehash. Wait, what that were comment. the ones that it won at the Gaming Awards? No, I just said um, the. No, you read a bunch from different people at the Game Awards 2015. Her story won Best Narrative. Yeah, I probably I would disagree with that one. Yeah, completely. Holy shit! Well, you don't know. You haven't. You just described what the axe to grind with this game. Well, you just described what the game was, which sort of confirms my impressions of it. No, because it could be a really intricate murder mystery. But it wasn't. But I haven't finished it. But but didn't you Google it and say there's no point to the game? No, there's there's, there's no, no winning. There's no 
artificial winning of the game. It's like you just play until you're you've discovered the story to your you know your like you pretty much found all the video clips. So like I could write two pages of text, cut each sentence out into separate things, put it in a bag, and sell it and win best book of the year. <laughs> so you know, like no, like, but it depends what the story was you wrote. Okay, I see you're sticking up for it. So there must be I, something, well, some yeah, redeeming I just, quality. I, but I feel that it you sounds like a garbage. lot of people have an artificial axe to grind with this game for some reason, and I don't know why. But like, there's really, it's not that it's a crappy game. It was kind of dull, but I I would disagree with the narrative award, but not because it's crazy. I just think there was a couple of games that had better stories, but it had, it, it had an adult mature story that was sort of like unveiling it, uh, uh, revealing itself like an onion in terms of her performance. I thought she did a really good job. However, again, you're comparing her to guys like Mark Hamill as the Joker in Batman, or you're comparing like to, to, to like the tales of the borderlands cast. It's, it's tricky. Uh, it's tricky because they're not the same thing. It's not the same type of performance. Um, so, I mean, maybe that she one was is... up against VOs, VO folks, right? Yeah, VO folks. And so... I mean, it's not like uh, she has more to do. So it's kind of like it, it's it's she's she's more challenged, but has more tools. Would you I say guess, it's like an people. apples and oranges sort of deal? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's like it's like comparing if you watch the Oscars and and you're you're having the people who are acting as voice actors for like the Pixar movies be nominated for best actor against somebody who's actually acting in a movie. Like it never happens for a reason, you know, like they're not I the guess, same thing. I guess here's you know, here's my axe to grind with it. Based on what you said, I'd like to try it for myself because I have such an axe to grind, I suppose. But you to, do. To me at the core of what a game is, it's the mechanics of the game, right? It's it's what that's the things that you're manipulating and doing that provide you with agency to get you from one state to another state. Like even though I love story and I love all the graphics and all the great technological advancements that have made this such a beautiful art form and for indie games to do weird things, I don't like games that poses games that are just interactive narratives because you really, you're really playing loosely with that word game, which means something. And, and so like when you describe it as like piecing together pieces and solving a murder mystery and I'm like, I guess it sounds like a game, well, but like it, it doesn't sound. It sounds horrible. So that's a perfect segue. That is, you could not have given a better segue if you tried to this said. next to the next game, <laughs> which is Tales from the Borderlands. Because if you hate her story, you will detest Tales from the Borderlands. Because How can I hate t- Tales from the Borderlands. The Borderlands because so of what you just said. You just said it. That's exact. Because Tales from the Borderlands is. In the very lightest way, a game like in 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 the in the way that um, so her story. How different is it from Walking Dead series or Wolf Among Us? Because I've played the Telltale games. Very very similar. If okay. anything, it's less interactive than those games. There's more, maybe even more quick time events and stuff like that. It's like quick time events and choices is what it what it is. Okay. But but her story in terms of what it offers is more of an interactive. You're all it is is like you're wa- you're watching these clips, but you're moving stuff around and like running searches and stuff. You're actually doing something. Where in, where in tales, 
all you're doing is watching an error. It is a narrative delivery device disguised as a game. Like really, you're 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 playing. Uh, I've never really got that as much from any of the other series as much as I do from this one. So so maybe it's because I've played Walking Dead season one. I played Walking Dead season two. I played um, The Wolf Among Us, uh, and now I'm playing this one. So I've I've now re- not hit saturation point on tell uh, on telltale games i've just like i just now see all the strings and like people say like tell telltale is experts at giving you the illusion of choice because often you make a choice but really everything ends up at the same point anywhere yeah, yeah but you can pop- you can you can die like there are pitfalls you know? Yeah, you die if in you can die a lot in tales from the borderlands if you really suck because it's very easy there's a lot of action sequences, but uh, but yeah, there's a lot of action sequences, and you could die a lot. But the thing is, you can instantly uh, come back and redo the sequence, like instantly. You'll just do retry. It's it throws you right back in the same sequence. And you do it again, but like and then you get it, and then you move shooter on. games. You reload and you go again. Like, no, it's not the same. It, like the challenge complexity is higher. But what I'm saying is that structure of. There's a maze, even if it's the simplest maze, to navigate. And the maze is constructed of dialogue tree and choice as opposed to walls and geometry. And, and, and Yeah, it's like games. it's like press the A button. Oh, you didn't press it? You're dead. Okay, retry. Now press it. Okay, you pressed it. Okay, move on. You know, like that's, that's what it is. I'm just saying to you, after your giant diatribe about like interactivity, there is less interactivity in, in what's going on in Tales than there is in her story okay. even. However, however... Okay. I guess I could make my jobs as a record management clerk into a game if I got really bored. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm sure you could. Um, <laughs> but there's more interactivity in what you're doing. Like when you're running searches and all the time, there's more interactivity than that than than making the occasional choice after watching tons of cutscenes. Like choice, okay, and mo- most of which the you know don't lead to anything. The difference, though, and 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 the the. It sounds like I'm shitting on Tales from the Borderlands, but really I'm just saying that Bo wouldn't like it. I love it, okay? I think it is the best thing Telltale Games has ever made. Um, I love Fables a a lot, okay? I love Fables. And uh, I was really excited for The Wolf Among Us, and I really like The Wolf Among Us. Tales from the Borderlands is better. It's it's just the story is better. The char- the characters are all original creations, except with cameos from some of the your Borderlands favorites or whatever. Um, but it's just like a, it doesn't start amazing. Like honestly, I played the first episode and. Um, uh, there, every episode has like sort of a bit before the intro song happens, um, and the, each intro song is amazing, really well done. Again, like if it was a TV show, it would be an amazing television show. Um, but uh, but and then and then there's the rest of the episode. Then it generally ends on a cliffhanger. The, about halfway through the first episode, it gets really good, and then you're like, okay, I'm in now. But like the beginning, and it's funny because I'm like I, I want my wife to to see it and play it with me and stuff, play it from the beginning and stuff. But I know that she's never played any of the Borderlands stuff. That shouldn't prevent her from enjoying this. However, play that I know the beginning is the worst part, um, and uh, it, it just takes a little while 
to invest or to empathize with these characters that are seemingly douches at the beginning, right? Um, and uh, but the story and the story, all the narrative devices used to tell the story are really cool. Like it's all told in flashback. Uh, and every once in a while, the narrat- narrators embellish stuff. Plus, you're playing as two characters. So your characters are sometimes together, sometimes they split up. And then you'll play one section of the story as one character, one section of the story as the other character. Uh, they each have their own supporting cast, the supporting cast mix. Um, and then each one, gen- each episode generally has a, a huge action sequence that is essentially a series of quick time events. Uh, and like it's I almost I almost wish there was a way of turning off the quick time events because they're really like none of them are that challenging and they're just quick time events and just watching all the action because it's pretty sweet. Like they're they're uh uh they're it's pretty sweet. Anyway, Tales from the Borderlands, I'm on I'm in episode four. It's sort of like the order last time where I was halfway through uh the order and then we we're gone, we'll be gone for two weeks. When I come back, I will be done tales and playing something else. Hopefully, I'll have some closing remarks. Right now, I would suggest it to anyone who is like a big fan of Telltale games. But if I wasn't playing it with Rocket League at the same time, I think it would bother me because it really has no interactivity. Like that, and I got over that at one point. Like I, I was like, you know what? This is just like a very light choose your own adventure movie uh and uh, there's some things that you can do but really not not much um and so uh if you value interactivity in your games and all that and you don't just aren't just looking for a fun tv show to watch tales from the borderlands might not be for you but the story is so good especially compared to games like metal gear solid that i played that has such a juvenile piece of shit story meanwhile you have this awesome story being told in the ridiculous world of borderlands so yeah i I, it's good well it's on my wish list in steam so at some point i'm sure to play you might not like it because you don't like i love i love borderlands too and i love telltale games i will play this game yeah i will have to debate it another time but everything you said about her story like in interactivity and and blah 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 like i mean it's well worth Telltale games don't have that, so, so I'm people gonna, rail about it all the time. I, I'm going to add her story to my wish list, and at some point well, I will get around to like playing it. I'm not saying her story. I'm saying that I'm saying that. Tales I feel like from... to have this conversation at your level, I'm like I'm I'm not I I need to play it, and then we can have an actual conversation. Because I feel that you are going to go into it with an axe grind, and you will just come out and say whatever you wanted to say beforehand. Yeah, but That's at the... least you know I'll be more biased or less biased or equivocally biased i don't know i don't think it's good enough for you you to go in and come out with a different opinion than you're bringing into it that's what i'm saying the game of the year is six dollars folks anyways for according to certain publications i just all right this is a good dialogue what is i don't get that what is this why are you shitting on it some more like because it's cheap (laughs) What's six dollars? It just looks crappy. I just, I just, I'm not impressed by this packaging, and I feel like, for me, to, you know, I'm being a bit of a dick, and you know, I need to play it and decide. Will I have bias going in? Sure, but I think I'm also a person that's pretty, you know, 
willing to eat crow and say I was wrong if that happens. I so think you represent. I, I think you represent a big chunk of the gaming population, and that's why I find it so interesting. Uh, it's it's the judging a book by its cover type. But at the same dude, time, I I'm, love a game called Aquaria. It's like the girliest shit out there. Like I'm, it's you know. No, no, I I know that, but like you are judging the game by its cover. Essentially, it's designed to look like a retro 1990s, 1980s database. That's where it, it takes place in the 90s and stuff like that. It's cover so and like, everything I've heard about it. Again, not the substance, which was your point. So. But and and what you've heard about it is. In what I've heard about it is a lot of raging fanboys based on misconceptions of what the game is. At least I've seen I've seen a ton of like Gamergate type personalities being like, uh, being like, "What is this?" You know, blah 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 blah. To and, and it, it at the same time it's it it's innovative and like those awards you were reading out like most innovative and stuff like that. Or I think I think in many ways it is. I'm glad games like this exist. It's just like I found it a bit dull. Like that's that's what I'll that's what I'll say about it. Like which is where the uh, whole why is it game of the year comes from? It's one, dull. One, is that one what? publication gave it game of the year? And if you're curious to why they think that, you should go read. Did anyone their, say their, Dragon Age Inquisition was dull? Like I didn't wasn't happy it won, but I I wouldn't didn't look dull to me. I'm sure, and I'm sure people who played it enjoyed it. When you describe it, I feel like everyone playing that game would find it dull. But I need to try it. That's just again. But you should, if you're confused to why a publication gave it, one publication gave it Game of the Year, you should read their rationale to why they gave it Game of the Year. That's what I'm saying. It's like, because I disagree with that Game of the Year, for sure. I'm all about The Witcher. I totally disagree. I would be curious to read that to find out why they said it. But I don't begrudge a game for having got that. If anything, it would make me more interested in playing that game, you know? To be like, oh my god. I'm just puzzled. I'm I'm confused. Yeah, yeah. I think I think anybody listening can get a good sense of where you're coming sure. from. Sure, I'm an so. asshole. Woo! Uh, I'm right. not saying you're an asshole. I'm just saying that you clearly have an axe to grind with this game. I don't know why you have that axe to grind, but you clearly do. So I, I I'll be curious to see once you play it what you think about it. All right. Well, I will definitely play it now just because it's a thing. So I got I got to <laughs> go through the thing to. Be a better now man. I have to finish it so that I may, like maybe I'll come back next week. I'll be like, oh, I finished it. Holy shit, Bo! I can't believe it. There was something that happened. You won't believe it. But it could be. I, That's I, what those little indie games are little powerhouses in that way. So you know, there's know. been a big twist already, but unfortunately, I've seen that twist in other pieces of entertainment before. So it's not like I'm not mind blown blown yet. But I could see I how know. somebody is she a man like in the crying game? Oops! Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, I can tell you. Um, but yeah, so I, I'll I'll get back with final impressions of Tales from the Borderland and her story. Both were good. Oh, she uh, is a dude. Oh, sorry. Let's move on. All right. Nothing. You, is that true? Did you just spoil the game for me and everybody else? No, no, it's not true. I, I was re- trying to read you. Like, I felt like I said oh, it's so- like the crying game and you were like, Maybe. Oh no no! Oh, <laughs> and then no. I was like, "Oh, it so is." No no, it's not. I don't know. It's All not right. that. Unless it is, I don't know. Let's, let's, move, let's move on <laughs> with our lives. A, <laughs> it could be another twist. Oh man, we can't do anything normal. It's awesome. I can't do anything normal. You don't want to be included in the abnormal camp. 
So uh, we will move on <laughs> and we will move on to uh, a section we call uh, inventory management. Inventory management is a challenging and inexact science. What's funny is that the slogan of inventory management, where we answer the question, spend your cash or vendor trash, is highly inspired by games like Diablo and Borderlands. Uh, and that works out extremely well because my recommendation of the week is Tales from the Borderlands. Woo! All right. Now, now it's all I my nor- recommendations. Now, I, I normally like to... Um, when I give these recommendations, I normally like to finish the games first. And it's tough yeah. with an episodic game because I have finished individual episodes, but I'm not done the whole season. Um, but the like, I'm halfway through the before last episode, and I, I just say that it's like I can tell at this point, even if the ending just shits a brick um, – that that it is it has been wor- well worth the ride and uh i would definitely recommend it to most people although again bo made very good points when he was talking about the level of interactivity some people want in their games some people have their time for tv and movies and th- then they have time for games and this is really one that that probably is closer to tv and movies than it is to games in many ways and so um and each episode is two hours. It's probably a 10-hour total experience. So if you don't want to spend 10 hours on something that you're going to be minimally interacting with, then, you know, for sure uh, you may want to give this one a pass. But if you appreciate a good, well-written story – and I expected it to be funny, and it is funny. But it's probably not laugh a minute like Borderlands 2 is, which is more a punchline-driven thing. It, this is more story, so the jokes are a little more uh, developed. It is funny, but – it it's also it's also like got like legitimately like sad and kind of emotional bits and like it it's well it's it's well well written and again comparing it to games like AAA blockbusters like Metal Gear Solid and you're just like wow how can something from the same industry be so good on a narrative and character basis and something else be so shitty you know like anyway tales from the borderlands that's my recommendation nice one i think it's a good one because i definitely want to play that one it's been on my wish list forever i think i might pick it up soon uh my recommendation this week is a game called monaco it is an 8-bit indie game that is basically a stealth game except it's a cooperative stealth game so bring and bring three of your friends into the game and try and perform heists it has that element like Magicka where you can kind of screw each other over. Um, you know, if someone puts their thing down like a, a bomb somewhere and blows up their teammate or alerts the whole floor to your whereabouts and screws all the teammates. has this zany sort of antic laugh a minute kind of feel to it. Big recommend on the game. Came out a few years ago. Um, but it's like because of the 8-bit graphical nature, it's not like, oh, the graphics are so... Uh... So, uh, 2008, we can't play this anymore. No, it's quite there, good, um, and it's It was quite pretty well colorful. It was more than 8-bit, though. It was, like, kind of, like... Well, okay, it's, it's got more than 8-bit graphics, but I'm saying it's top-down, and it's pixel art, I guess, is maybe more what I'm driving at. Yeah, yeah, I and guess, yeah. So, it's, like, it's more timeless, you know, you can... You, this game will be playable for the next, like, 10 years just fine. It'll still look real good. 
Um, it's really awesome, and I think it's got a custom map editor in it too. So if you're into that kind of thing, it's also a great thing to play around with. Um, Monaco, it's super good. <laughs> I, you out. know, I really enjoy it too. I, I think that's like one of those games too. If you had, I if you're like, we okay, we're having more. a party yeah. night tonight. We're gonna have like four people over. We're just gonna play games, sit on the couch or whatever. Monaco would be a real good one to like just sit down and, and yeah. play on the same screen in the same room couch co-op i think it'd be a good a good time does the screen split or like when your characters get separated i forget how that works but i forget how it works i think it zooms out i don't think there's a i mean i don't know i think everyone plays local i haven't played it on a console or split screen so i don't know i assume it zooms out though yeah, which is anyway. It, it 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 was a good time. My my issue with that is like every time you and I would start playing it, it's like we'd wait so long before sessions, and then somebody else would be in, so we'd start the game from the beginning, and there'd be like you know a tutorial a bit. So I've played the first two or three missions a bunch of times, but uh, but I never really actually finished the game or whatever. So well, it's a good one. I recommend to go buy it today. It's cheap. Spend your money. It, yeah, it's true. You can. It's often on sale too. Like I see on the Steam sales, it's pretty cheap. So, if you have suggestions of games that we should be playing, exmpodcast.com is the website, and exmpodcast at gmail.com is the email address where you can send us all those things. You can also follow us on Twitter at exmpodcast. You know, send us your recommendations that way. Also, facebook.com slash expodcast. If you like us on Facebook, you will always be notified when a new episode of EXM drops. You can also, of course, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher, um, and they will be automatically added every two weeks when we do a new episode. Uh, Twitch.tv slash expodcast is our home on Twitch. We live stream our episodes, so they are generally there. That's um, That Monday evening but you know what the best deal is follow us on twitter at exm podcast you'll you'll find out when we go live we generally put out a tweet beforehand keep every evening free just in case never do anything because if you do something we may be live streaming that night and so uh try and stay home um also (laughs) also we have uh, a sister podcast brother podcast uh uncle podcast brother uncle yeah, good, bad, or bullshit. Um, and we talk about uh, a random topic. We review it. Uh, you know, we decide if it's good, if it's bad, or it's bullshit. We even allow our friend Mike Hodgins to participate. So it's it's a pretty, uh, pretty interesting show in that regard. Uh, and, of course, Bo and I, both individuals of an individual nature, you can follow us separately on Twitter. I can be followed first at Croft and Steers. And Bo can be followed second. At You'll Bo never guess Schwartz. Where. At Bo at- Schwartz. We have our names on Twitter. It's amazing. We're so cool. I mean, at least, like, I will say this, Bo. Like, Mike's brother still has that <laughs> still has that email address. Uh, Euromudslut at hotmail.com or something like that. I think like there's that. some numbers in there. So, you know, the listeners don't email that email address. I think it's... Euro mudsled number number and yeah yeah you're there. right it is there's a bunch yeah, of numbers so. Euro mudsled sixty nine or I don't know it's a uh, it uh, like I just think I just think it's super funny because yeah. it's like that <laughs> email you on, address you made when you were a teenager like giant dicks for you at whatever that you thought was super funny and hilarious 
that you still use well into your professional life, you may want to get rid of it. Dallas, who listens to GBB and may listen to this, hi Dallas, if you do, had for the longest time mustard monkey some some number or whatever uh, at something. And I, sounds like a racial slur. I'm sure it's not. But it's not, it's you, not. You goddamn mustard monkey. It's like, Jesus, yeah, I know. Jesus, it's wow. just another one of those That's things. Anyway, like, be come on, people. Use your real names at this point. Unless you have a really awesome alternate name. But if there's a number in it, you probably don't. So, um, all right. So now we've done all the papa tree, the papa pras, the pata. <laughs> I don't even know what it's. What? There's a French. There's a French word for this. That okay. I'm, I'm, I'll take your word for uh, it. Uh, let us move to the final section of the show, the Master Game Theater Vote of the Week. It's now time for Master Game Theater. Isn't that music awesome? <laughs> it's so it, good. I don't I think I think it might be Papa Pras. Papa. Papa Pras. <laughs> yeah. that's that's true okay so this uh this quote of the week in the spirit of comedy games such as tales from the borderlands comedy games are hard to do but they've been around for quite a long time one of the first ones i remember playing is the secret of monkey island um at which uh, an adventure that involved the illustrious wannabe pirate guybrush threepwood trying right. to become a pirate and part of that involved learning how to sword fight which was uh, the famous insult sword fighting you would go around the island and you would get it retorts and use them uh, to counter the insults that sword fighting pirates would throw your way so without further ado Bo I will be Guybrush and you will be vile pirate number one okay just for uh, the record that loud creaking you guys heard on the podcast was not me shitting myself it's my chair is super creaky. I need a new chair. I think I, most people I, I like, thought it was the chair, Bo. But I, like to sit, I, I like to sit up straight when I do the voices, and I'm kind of in a relaxed state. And I don't know. I'm embarrassed. It sounds like I just took a crap in my pants. I think mostly everyone assumed it was the chair. But okay, let's let's go. <laughs> no, actually, I'm just. Li- I gotta stop the lag. I shit my pants. <laughs> They're covered in shit right now. <laughs> yeah, well, at, le- at least you. But have I'm a professional, and I'm still gonna deliver the line as Crofton expects. All right, so you're Vile Pirate number one. I'm Guybrush Streetwood. Let's go. You fight like a dairy farmer. How appropriate! You fight like a cow. Ah! <laughs> 